Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. DIY and How Studios presents Deeper Digs in Rock, part of the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. Music. Culture, technology, and rock and roll. Now, on with the show. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to Deeper Digs in Rock. Christian Swain here, and I am the rock and roll archaeologist behind the mic in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us. In Deeper Digs, we go a little further, dig a little deeper into specific topics that tie in with rock and roll history, the music, the culture, and the technology. It's the companion show to our episodic overview of rock history, the Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast. And if you're not listening to our main podcast, well, you should. This week, we'd like to ask you to just tell a friend. If you're so inclined and want to help out the Rock and Roll Archaeology family of music-oriented podcasts, all of which can be found at rockandrollarchaeology.com, along with show notes, playlists, social media links, etc. And it's well worth your time. We hope well worth your friend's time. Okay, that's it. Let's get right to it. Trade shows are the lifeblood of many industries, and the HVAC industry is no different. Hello everybody, I'm business management editor Matt Bishop. Whether it's a trade show at a local chapter meeting, a regional trade show, or the recently completed AHR Expo, trade shows are a big meeting place for everyone in the industry and allows manufacturers to meet and show their products to contractors, reps, distributors, and a variety of other people involved in the industry. But if you've been the one trade show, you immediately know that for all the good, there is some bad involved. have got something very special and a little different for you today. We're going to take you on a tour of the 2018 Winter NAM show in Anaheim, California. Field trip, everyone. NAM. What is NAM? Some of you may be asking. It is not the heating, vacuum, and air conditioning trade show. I promise you that. The National Association of Music Merchants is an exhibition and conference where manufacturers of all things musical meet with retailers, distributors, and professionals looking for new gear, as well as maintaining and developing relationships in the business. And it's big, folks, attracting well over 100,000 visitors. It's four days of music bliss or music mayhem, whichever your pleasure. NAM was born in 1901 when 52 members of the National Piano Manufacturers Association of America formed the National Association of Piano Dealers of America. The first trade show was held in the YMCA Hall in Baltimore in 1902. By 1915, leading lights of entertainment began showing up. Charlie Chaplin demonstrated proper piano sales techniques that year. 
Every year, a multitude of stars of varying degrees come to see the gear, as well as to show off a skill or two. It is very exciting to see many of our heroes wandering around taking pictures and signing autographs. In 1919, the NAPDA officially changes their name to the present NAM, reflecting all musical merchants beyond pianos. In 1980, NAM moved to the Anaheim Convention Center for its annual winter conference. Other than a move to L.A. in 1998 for two years while the Anaheim facilities renovated, it's been home ever since. Beyond the primary mission of getting manufacturers together with the buyers and sellers of equipment, NAM has also been a big proponent of music education. Early, it was informal and ad hoc, but now with NAMU and the NAM Foundation, it is a big factor to the organization. Coming to the show with me was my rock and roll archaeology cohort, Peter Ferrioli. We were able to hook up with Jack Van Breen of Guitar Showcase to get a buyer's perspective, as well as Aaron Alden, manager of the new Aftermaster Studios in Hollywood, and you will hear from them as well. All right, I think that gets you the broad strokes and the VIP pass. So let's go to NAM 2018. Play along, cover your favorite All right, so hey, this is our NAM show. Peter Ferry Oli, let's talk about NAM. What were you what were you most excited to see before we got down there? We were invited to the brand new uh, media preview day on Wednesday. Uh, our friends oh, at NAMM yeah, sent yeah. us some media passes, and we didn't know what quite to expect. We kind of got down there a bit early that during that day and thought uh, we'd have a little more to do that day. Uh, we ended up uh, hitting the media preview for a couple hours in the day. Now, the media yeah, preview not, day. Not really media day. Media a right. couple of hours. Media, right. But yeah, still, happy it was hour good, yeah, for the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was interesting. It was in the hallway of NAM as you first go into the main building. They probably had, what do you say, about 50 vendors maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, most of these vendors obviously were selected for certain reasons. They were either uh, cutting edge, had a new product coming out. Uh, you know, I don't know how this selection process worked, if they bought the spot from NAM, but they had a bit, little bit of an advantage because you had a lot of one-on-ones without noise, um, which was great. I mean, I, if, if that could have been extended almost to a full day on the floor, imagine if, you know, 500 or 1,000 media had access to – each booth for, you know, a day on the floor. I could go around without any noise, you know, just talking to people. And so I really appreciated that part of it. And so while we were walking around, uh, one of the first things that we saw uh, was, well, I saw, you know, we had just interviewed Hal Blaine and we knew uh, we were going to be releasing the episode, The Deeper Digs with Drummers Around Hal Blaine and the Wrecking Mm -hmm. Crew. So saw Glenn Campbell's Bluebird Ovation, which was very recognizable (laughs) in the corner of the preview day. It was like, well, why is that here? You know, so we headed over to that corner and uh, lo and behold, uh, there is Cal Campbell, Glenn Sun. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, along with uh, the original blue bear, uh, bluebird that Glenn played, uh, and then the uh, reproduction that uh, Ovation was uh, launching here at NAM. And they did make a note of historical significance why this guitar and Glenn matter is it's maybe it was one of the first acoustics to get electric pickups or built in or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, of which he used on his show quite a bit. Right, so that's pretty significant if you think about how people were probably just clipping on uh, pickups onto acoustics forever, and then they built it into the into this ovation. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Uh, then uh, we we you we we walked over and saw the Martin guitar uh, little setup, and it was very very. Tiny. There's just two guitars there. And uh, behind there was Chris Thomas. Now, we interviewed, you know, obviously we did the show on Dick Boak, who is head of kind of AR historian uh, at Martin. And it's who just that, retired. Yeah, the artist relations. And it seems that Chris took over Dick's place. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, Chris is going to uh, be the new historian uh, and artist relations guy at CF Martin, uh, and we look forward to working with him uh, in the future. Plus, I got to uh, pick up and play the new John Mayer signature acoustic. I believe this is his fifth one that they've done together, uh, and um, you know, it's always nice to hold a you know twenty five thousand dollar guitar and play it a little bit. Yeah, it's a beautiful guitar. And one thing they, that uh, they did note there uh, that makes it unusual, unlike other guitars, is that they said John has a preference to kind of finish the inlay work around the open yeah. part of the body throughout the neck, which is different yeah, than most and through, guitars. on the hole. Right, right. At the bottom of the neck and uh, around the hole. So it creates a, uh, uh, an inlay complete circle. Yeah, which, which is, is very unusual, unusual and cool when you look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And of course, it played beautifully. Yeah, I'm sure for the price, it better. Uh, but, uh, um, and, and then uh, one of the uh, next things up that we that we got to preview, which I thought was very cool and, and people probably thought it was weird looking at me testing it was there is a, a virtual reality game for your Oculus or your uh, HTC Vive gear where. You oh, yeah. You went full the, VR. That's yeah, right. you headset, you put <laughs> VR, you have little handles. And there is a group out there called uh, Servios who is putting out all kinds of. Uh, VR games you can download on Steam, but they were beta testing a game called Electronauts. Now, Electronauts is a music generation creation VR tool. It's not, there's some gaming aspects to it, but it's more an extension of, they're working with a uh, famous producer, I think out of Norway named Stargate. I may have uh, said the country wrong, but I think he's Northern European and he's helping them to fulfill a vision of when you're in the VR and you are creating music, you're using space shapes, colors, uh, your surroundings to uh, be all the input into the beats and the different uh, rhythms and whatever you're putting into the, the music, essentially, as a kind of full VR MIDI uh, landscape. And uh, so yeah, it's the- very, very much in its infancy. It was definitely uh, 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 elementary, but, but it's, it, it looked fun. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it definitely was the start of something that's just going to get bigger. We had a great time at media day. It was uh, the yep. end of Wednesday and we got to um, head out uh, that evening to hang out with our friends at, Zil- at Zildjian. Yeah, and a little celebration with our uh, our Zildjian episode, uh, the company you keep. Uh, folks, please uh, download the podcast and take a listen to uh, to this wonderful 400-year-old story of uh, one of the, uh, the great musical manufacturers uh, in the business. Yeah, and I think helping uh, companies like that bridge into kind of the technology uh, lifestyle where we're a podcast, we're doing it in the this format where people are listening to it, it works really good because I think you, uh, as one of our guests coming up will mention that one of the big vendors that you know we, we were surprised wasn't there showed up at another uh, big show this year and is focusing more on technology and lifestyle and those types of things instead of. Uh, you know, I don't want to say the antiquated instrument because there'll always be handheld instruments that we love, but it definitely has this feeling like there's. Um, a place where those two have to meet. And whether you're involved in a podcast like this or you have a, an app that does something and you're Gibson, Les Paul, Zildjian, a big company like that, you know, you have to have the same advantages as the Moogs and some of these guys out there who, you know, when, when music just transitioned to cultural lifestyle devices, they just had an advantage, a huge advantage right away. They were built for it. So anyway, we um, were happy to do that. We also went to NAM with the idea that where there's a lot more stories to be told through some of these amazing brands, whether it is uh, Rickenbacker or Ludwig or Ernie Ball, you know, all of them have their place in rock and roll history at some way and have influenced uh, how we listen to music. So we were excited to be on the show floor and, and talking to people about telling their stories as well.
Yeah, and uh, hey, I was excited about some of the things that we were going to get to do uh, that the NAM folks invited us to this year. Uh, some of the uh, the celebrations, the award shows. Uh, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to the uh, the She Rocks uh, event and uh, the Tech Awards. It it is uh, going to be a full full week. Yep, and let's start it off by uh, getting in line tomorrow morning and seeing the keynote speaker, none other than. And Jeff Emmerich. All right, so off to Thursday. Well, I'm, no, as far as this show is concerned, it, it means a lot to be able to present an award like that to someone like Jack, you know, because it's a great accolade, you know, from. Have you noticed that as bass players or as musicians, some of you may have experienced that you've sort of plateaued out for a number of years or certainly a long time? Does that sound like your experience? Where you can sort of play the same song, sort of the same way? Yeah. 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 So now, now Thursday is like you know the big meeting day for uh, uh, you know the the attendees uh, and the uh, the exhibitors. It's uh, it's the real reason that everybody's there. It's the uh, chance for the sellers to meet their buyers and their buyers to meet their sellers. Um, that's part of the reason why uh, you and I were there, Peter. We were uh, you know we just accomplished uh, what we called our Zildjian project, uh, which was the official Zildjian podcast that we put together for them and we were talking to multiple manufacturers um so what did what what was your takeaway on that thursday well after uh going to just the media day preview the night before and having a couple hours out in the lobby uh, you know my first big takeaway going in that day was wow it's a different nam the the rooms felt a little different a little more room a little more space uh, on that Thursday going in there felt different than prior years going in. Uh, and we learned, you know, later on, yeah, uh, the next day, how feet. all the halls that we hadn't visited yet because they had uh, <laughs> so many, so much of the technology industry based stuff. I mean, we're, we do mostly consumer facing stuff around here talking about the great instruments and the history of rock and roll and NAM encompasses and showcases so much. So again, that Thursday, uh, the Wednesday evening before prior, um, we got to go to that Fender uh, preview, the auction at Fender, uh, yeah, I believe, yeah. and got to see a couple of really cool guitars there, especially the one made from the pinball machine, the pinball <laughs> wizard. <laughs> the Who, right, the, the who. who guitar, right, right. Or how about the, how about the eight neck? How about the uh, the uh, the octagon or the eight neck? Uh, the uh, was you know, it eight the, or nine? The guitar it was nine. For, Wasn't it nine? Was it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it well, was hey, maybe you know nine. what? I, I got somebody who might be able to answer that for us. On the line with us is Jack Van Breen, a senior buyer from Independent Music Store Guitar Showcase, who is there doing exactly what uh, what we just talked about. He is a, uh, a buyer for Guitar Showcase, and he was there to uh, meet uh, his uh, uh, the exhibitors, the the manufacturers, to see what might work for uh, his store in 2018. Jack, welcome to uh, Deeper Digs and Rock. And thank you for having me. Uh, so what did you think? What did you think of the show? I thought it was pretty interesting. I've been going to NAMM off and on for 20 years, and it, it's grown quite a bit in a lot of ways. And one of the challenges is keeping it new and fresh. And so Fender, uh, as we speak of Fender, uh, with the nines, neck guitar oh it was nine okay it was nine it started out with a mandolin and then i mean it it, every neck they've ever made basically including (laughs) a precision and a jazz Uh, so when when you had to play everything for that song every single string right for that particular song but minus a banjo i don't believe a banjo was on it no no uh, although fender does offer banjos Uh, oh so maybe next year it'll be the 10 (laughs) You know, they should have broke it out into their um, folk instrument, uh, which would be like a five neck, and then, you know, the electric instrument. I thought banjos uh, were in the percussion section. uh, Well, (laughs) technically, so are guitars. At least that's what I was taught when I was taking music lessons in school. Because it's a plucking instrument? Yeah, because you hit it, you know, as opposed to wind instruments, which which you blow, and the string section, which you stroke. 
Uh, although pizzicato is a plucking, so there's you know some crossover there. We music okay, is a okay. diverse. We're, get, we're getting too deep. We're getting too deep. <laughs> so get us back to Nam. So so Nam um, for a dealer such as mine, we often get advance notifications. So uh, we know what's what there's going to be new to go see. Uh, rather than just having to wander the floor for four days. Right, so that right. was kind of nice. Um, yeah, I believe you guys set up meetings ahead of time, and you, your, your, your time is specific to, okay, i got to be here, got to be there, got to be here at that particular time. Exactly so. In fact, this year, we uh, normally it's, uh, the reps call you in December and go, when are we going to see you in January? Well, this year I said, heck with that. I want to, you know have it all in one day. So I started calling my reps in, in July and they all went, what? And I said, look, I want to have my <laughs> slot. I want to have them, you know, go from one to the next to the next all, in, you know, in a, in a sequence. So I didn't have to go running all over the floor. And of course that didn't work out, but it worked out better than it has in prior years. Uh, well, you're giving I, away your secrets now. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to fight even harder to get my slots. But there was there's some cool stuff. I don't know if you got to the Taylor booth. They have a brand new bracing called the V brace system, and uh, we'll be getting those instruments very shortly. Uh, and they were best of show, evidently. Uh, well, uh, as we talked about on, uh, on from uh, from media night with the Martin uh, booth, they have changed their bracing too. Well, you know, with Martin, it's not so much as changing as refining. And, you know, old is new again. They're going back to some older patterns, which really open up the instruments. Uh, I'm, You know, with the archaeology project, you talk about stuff that happened before and how the vintage instruments of the 50s and 60s are so cherished. Yeah. A lot of the manufacturers are recreating those instruments. And Martin, is, uh, as you know, uh, I'm a Martin guy, so I really like those, but you know they're not as innovative as Taylor is, so Taylor gets a little bit more flashbang out of it. Um, both great instruments. Uh, I got no complaints. Well, what's the thing uh, that you saw that uh, – I got a couple questions for you. So first of all, what's the thing that you saw that the store is just going to be filled with uh, here in 2018? Oh, um, a lot of the Fender instruments, Fender is on a curve of refining instruments to uh, capture that vintage uh, vibe and feel, but not have some of the issues that the older instruments have. They re, uh, revamped their American vintage line to be called the American Original, and what they did was they fixed the two things that I had huge problems with my vintage 58 Strat when I was younger. The radius on the neck was too curved and the frets were too small. So the American originals have the modern nine and a half inch radius and a little bit taller fret and they just play like butter. And they also brought the price down from the American vintage series. So it's like always a good defender. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. And that brings me to my next question. So, uh, there was somebody pretty significant missing at NAM this year. Any ideas oh, yeah. on that? He, should, he who shall not be named. Right. Um, it's expensive to go to NAM. It really is. Uh, a company like Fender will probably spend a half million dollars not counting the instruments, you know, just setting up the booth, the, the floor space. Uh, and w when you're speaking of uh, electric instruments, you can't really talk about Fender without mentioning Gibson. Uh, you know, the Stratocaster being as iconic as the Les Paul. And Gibson opted not to come this year. Yeah. And... Um, they opted not to come last year, and then they showed up. <laughs> but this year, they actually just didn't come. Um, and, you know, Henry doesn't talk to me, so I don't know what his thinking was. Uh, Gibson has acquired a lot of consumer electric companies, electronics companies. Uh, so uh, they opted, instead of going to NAN this year, to go to CES. CES, uh and spend their money there. And I can get that um, because the Les Paul is so iconic as well as the 335s and the L5s SG, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every, you know, stores are going to buy those. 
It, they're not like the new kid on the block saying, look, we're as good as that, but better, and we're cheaper, and you should buy our stuff. No, everybody knows what a Les Paul is. So uh, they'll either buy them or not. And going to NAMM, I don't think, would make much change uh, in that. Which so finally, kind of one sad. last question. What, yeah. <clears throat> what, what would you maybe uh, suggest uh, to make the show better for 2019? Oh, that's a terrible question, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I, leave it to one, Jack. Just one. <laughs> okay, so the, what I'd like to see is if there was a way that uh, the volume, overall volume on the floor could go down so uh, buyers such as myself could have a better opportunity to hear the new products. That's very difficult to do. Uh, the other thing that I'd like to see, and they did much better this year, but I'd like to see the floor more organized so that all the symbols were in one place <laughs> instead of scattered <laughs> here and you know. I don't know. They were so all kind of in one room. space. They could. Oh, they, oh, oh, oh. Well, they were much oh. better this year than last, but there was still uh, in the middle of the symbol was this effects company that I really wanted to hear, but of course everybody, and I, I know you did a wonderful job with Zildjian on that podcast, um, and, and they're one of my favorite symbols as it turns out, but still, the other guy's symbols was right next to this booth where I wanted to hear this really delicate overdrive pedal, and it was impossible. <laughs> so... Thanks to uh, things, why, thanks why don't they just make you know those little uh, soundproof booths around drummers' kits on stage? Just make giant versions of that for each of the drum booths at NAM. You know that's that. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a couple of challenges. Of, uh, those those screens, those plastic screens, are brutally expensive. What we need is is Scotty to give us the formula for uh, transparent aluminum. But uh, <laughs> Star Trek Episode Four, right? Got the reference. Exactly. Yeah, that's that. Well, I'm, you know, I stopped to catch up with the rest of them. But yeah, so yeah, stuff to make it easier to hear. Uh, I realized that that Nam likes to encourage um, actual retail customers to come by, but it's it's difficult for the buyers to get to this stuff when everybody's lined up to see the latest and greatest uh, Wizman guitar player just to get his autograph, you know? Oh, you mean like so. Bootsy Collins? That yeah. was insane. <laughs> well, let's, let's be honest. And this isn't in a, you know, how many buyers are actually left? Not, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying you're an old breed, Jack, uh, you know, a dying breed, but uh, you know, the number of uh, retailers out there distributing uh, and buying is less and less every year. Yes, and and, and uh, we hope to buck that trend, and yeah. I think we're going to be successful at it. But but still, you know, uh, and in our case, uh, I, I wrote my big orders the week before. You know, I have my vendors that I know have good. I trust their my rep to sell me. This is what you're going to sell, and he's right. So I buy a bunch of that, and this other guy's right, and I buy a bunch of that. But the new stuff that comes out, you know, the stuff that I like to get a little bit ahead of the curve, or the company can't afford to send reps out all over the country to demonstrate their product, you know, they're they're getting short shaft because I don't get to see their product because Bootsy Collins has filled the aisle. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. the take on it. Now, well, I, have to you say, know, uh -huh. I, I do have to say, for my first NAM that I went to, and this goes back a few years, they closed the, sh the show was closed with uh, Jaco Pastorius and Peter Erskine jamming insanely loud, and I didn't mind at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Hey, it's still 108,000 people showed up. They can't all be wrong, but, uh, but you know, things to think about, things to, uh, and, and I, I believe every year NAM does make improvements and takes feedback and, uh, and acts upon them. Actually, they do. Uh, I filled out my little survey, and we'll see how they go. And, and interestingly enough, my volume complaint on the last day of the show, I got an email explaining to everybody that they need to keep the volume down. And I, I thought, okay, so what you should have done was sent that out on Wednesday, not Sunday. But uh, everybody understands we all try to work. We're all, you know, and most of us are musicians. We we do it because we love the instruments we love the pedals and we get carried away when we're demoing it you know of you course. turn down so i can right. hear myself is a common refrain <laughs> yeah so i could turn up to 11 right yeah Got exactly it. so right. all right jack hey thanks for your uh, your comments uh we really appreciate it thanks jack I, yeah you guys keep rocking
Hey, one last thing before we leave <clears throat> Thursday. Um, we got to talk about the keynote uh, address uh, with Jeff Emmerich. Uh, we were lucky enough to sit into a uh, two-plus-hour uh, breakdown of uh, Jeff working with the Beatles and beyond. What, what do you think of that, Peter? Well, that was, again, one of the uh, the highlights of NAM for me, just especially after we had just released episode uh, 14, I Love to Turn You On, and yeah. were, you know, had been in the midst of listening to A the Beatle remastered. Yeah. Beatle mania. Right. Well, the remastered 50th years of Sgt. Pepper, we had been listening to it and hearing all the people go back and forth of how great it was or great it wasn't. But then being in the room for two hours and listening to the man who was in the room for all those years and his personal anecdotes – and saying his personal love of the song and then hearing it over, you know, so, so the Beatles, again, you were mostly putting on the Beatles. You don't go to a, hear the Beatles in a large, you know, you don't see them at the film or when I say like a theater, a concert room, you don't, you put them on your stereo or your iPod or your, I'm listening to the Beatles, but we got to hear them in that amazing sound they had at NAM in that room. We got to hear, you know, a, a Day in the Life or uh, Tomorrow Never Knows and hearing kind of seeing Howard Massey bop, bop his foot along and Jeff Emmerich kind of singing along and bopping along to these recordings as if they were in the studio yeah, and they right were just recorded right the day before. There. Right. Yeah. I was yeah. like, we were, I was feeling really, again, part of history and feeling a little like uh, this was just incredible and how he was a very relatable per. He's just a very relatable person. He um, and hearing the stories of the fader and Paul looping things and the buttons and just the politics that went. You know, he was pretty honest about some of the politics that happens in the in the studio with the labels and who brings who's guys in to do what. Uh, you know, hearing it right from the horse's mouth was just incredible. Well, of course, I'm hoping to get uh, Jeff uh, on uh, on Deeper Digs and Rock uh, for a one-on-one -on -one conversation here uh, shortly. So we talked a little bit about it, and hopefully we'll make that happen for everybody. So, all right. Well, that takes care of our, uh, our Thursday. On to Friday. We also have some music for you here tonight. So it's my pleasure to introduce from San Francisco the world's only all-female tribute band to Queen, the Killer Queens! All right, so now Friday... Uh, at our wonderful world of Nam, um, hey Peter, it didn't was it was you two there? Uh, well, <laughs> that's funny you should mention that Christian because that evening as we were uh, preparing to enjoy She Rocks at the House of Blues, a good friend of ours from uh, Dan Weissman from Zildjian. Uh, said, "Hey, did you did you know you two was was at Nam on the roof this morning?" And he popped up this video and he said everyone had been passing it around. Uh, because we weren't there uh, in line because we had already obviously gotten yeah. our credentials. Yeah. This was this happened very early when the doors were opening uh, and people were still getting their uh, credentials. Well, and as we know, Friday, you know, the 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 regular folks begin to show up. Uh, you know, Thursday, as we said, was more uh, you know the business people, but by Friday, you're getting a hundred thousand people there. So, so he proceeds to show me the video, and I'm looking at it going, well, that guy's got a skull cap like the edge. And wow, they're on the rooftop. But you, we both uh, – you you pointed yeah, out to me right there Googled. that <laughs> – I know there was a, a video. I saw that, but I don't remember right. the song. But but I had known that they were going to be on the Grammys on Sunday and, um, uh, and that they had done something – on Friday in New York Harbor, so it would have been impossible for them to to actually be at Nam. And, and it ended up being a U2 uh, look-alike cover tribute band from Los a Angeles called Elevation, and right. uh, you can go check them out. They were pretty good. Uh, Great marketing tool, guys. Uh, yeah, and as a matter of fact, we we mentioned to the, our uh, our PR folks, media folks at Nam whether or not they had something to do with that because we thought it was such a well done marketing ploy, and they had no idea what was going on. Evidently, so. No, oh, no, that no, was pretty no. funny. Not you two, not you two, but uh, you don't. So, uh, hey, um, 
I want to bring in a special guest uh, that was with us on Friday and came to the She Rock Awards uh, with us Friday evening. So, Aaron Alden, are you with us? I am. Hey, and Hello. those of you who uh, uh, you know have listened to Rock Talk may remember Aaron as our co-host here for a while. Uh, you also may remember Aaron from um, our Roadies Recap. Uh, Aaron uh, is the mother of Devil Child from uh, that <laughs> show, Ethan Alden. Uh, so, Aaron, uh, first of all, let's get your thoughts on Nam on Friday. Um, you know, I, 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 you actually brought us to uh, to the new. 200,000 square feet of new, of space that uh, the Anaheim Convention Center opened up that uh, NAM uh, used wisely and uh, gave, a, gave a little bit more space especially over last year um, it, was, it seemed really really packed last year whereas uh, uh, Friday and Saturday this week uh, or this year seemed um, seemed a little bit uh, more conducive to getting some good business done So, but you, you brought us down into that new section so I think you had friends yeah. Well, so that new section, thank you, Nam, for bringing that new section in because, boy, did it make a difference. Um, for the people that have not been to Nam before, it's it's almost like if you were to do a, a microscopic look at a million ants moving around <laughs> at fast, fast right. forward speed, right. that's kind of what it's like at NAM. <laughs> and yeah. uh, as, as we all experienced. Compact, just, very compact right. in the past until this year. But yeah. <laughs> and, and also just trying to find one another amongst all those million ants can be yeah. very challenging. But yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I want to say maybe at least 20 of my friends that I ran into all said, God, isn't this great? They added space. And so, you know, thank you for that. It really did make a difference. Um, yeah, and it was a great new floor. I mean, certainly you're there to see the best tech, uh, the best old, new, whatever. It's happening. And I was really impressed, you know. I mean, um, God, amongst, you know, for me, it's kind of like old home week because everybody's together, whether we see each other a couple months a year or it's just once a year. Typically speaking, it's where everyone shows up. And I think we picked a really good day, right? So we got to see a lot of people that you guys knew and certainly a lot of my friends that you didn't know. So there were great meetings. Um, I love always going to see like some of my favorites. I love Slate's booth. Uh, that Raven console is just yeah, like Slate, the slickest uh, thing ever. Yeah, Slate Audio. Yeah, that was a that was yeah. a pretty cool place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and then, then um, one of my other friends, Paul Wolf, who was the designer of API and ToneLux, he had a new small console with plugins that he was pushing, which is called Fix Audio. Right. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. And he's also now a new a, a new winemaker. <laughs> oh, don't I know? So, uh, it's yeah, a fine fix, wine, by the fix way. Fix wine. It was fantastic. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, there there was a lot to see. You know, uh, another what was uh, the Ernie Ball area was jam packed with you know. Oh, they always playing. have musicians there for signings and playing. Tony yeah. Levin. Yeah, saw, saw Tony yeah. Levin was there. there. Yeah, there were several people so there. Hey, let me let me throw one last thing. Day. Let me throw something sure. to everybody so they know, you know, why you were there at NAM. You know, Aaron Alden is the manager at Aftermaster Studios in Hollywood, and Aftermaster is a, a fairly new studio. It's been open for is it about a year and a half now? Yeah, so it's well, actually just we're just coming upon a year. I mean, um, Aftermaster, Aftermaster company has been around for many years, but yeah. Um, the studio itself, it was originally owned by Graham Nash. It was built by Graham Nash in the late 70s and was home of his first label, which was Reedy Records. And that was really a classic, important time of music. Joni Mitchell, Chris Christopherson, uh, uh, I mean, you name it, Leon Russell. They were all there during that time frame. And um, after he left, it went through a couple owners, private owners, and then we had an opportunity to take it over because our offices are next door, actually in the historical Alfred Hitchcock's offices. Right, right. So 
Yeah, so Shelly Yakis, uh, if you don't know him, look him up. I mean, it'll just blow you <laughs> blow your mind, really. Yes, uh, an engineering on every dog. iconic yes. album. Yeah. So Shelly Yakis and Larry Rickman, our CEO, CEO, took over the space and just really brought it back into its glory. This beautiful space, and yeah, so we've been we've been up and running since February, almost a year. We've had some awesome people come in, you know, as of late. Uh, and yeah, so I, I went there certainly to geek out on new stuff for the studio and, and know, boy, hang did out we. with you guys, right, right. Uh, which was great. We had a, bl- I had a blast, you know, went by way too fast. Um, and we made a full day of it because what did we do that evening? Yes. We drank. Oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we, so yes. So we did have a cocktail or one. Uh, and then headed over to the She Rock Awards. So we were very fortunate to be able to go this year as media to cover the 2018 She Rocks Awards, and that's with an exclamation. So it's She Rocks Awards. <laughs> she does. <laughs> it's not the She Rocks Awards. Uh, anyway, um, it is hosted every year for the last, I believe, six years now uh, by the Women's International Music Network. That's W-I-M-N dot com. And they honor uh, different women in the industry not just music uh, artists but yeah, uh, yeah. women who are uh, do, working in technology working in retail working at all levels of production studio managers studio let's managers. not forget that yeah, yeah. don't forget that of course <laughs> uh, you, are, 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 are you looking for an award there Aaron well, okay, who's, listen who it's it, always right? nice to get an award for something right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know just quickly like the guitar center director of merchandising a woman who founded She Shreds media they all won some awards but you know mainly everyone's there to see the big names and this year the the top honoree was pat benatar who's won four grammys and uh she unfortunately was ill and couldn't be part of the the celebration but we also uh, got to enjoy melissa etheridge uh the b-52s kate pearson and cindy wilson uh we had exine cervenka of course the vocalist for the punk band x uh, and then we had uh, a bunch of women uh, who were in a pioneering all-female American rock band in the late 60s and early 70s called Fanny. Now, I happen to uh, be the manager and work with an artist locally in the Bay Area who in the er- very early 90s, 1992, uh, decided to recur- record her first EP at the very studio that Fanny, uh, Gene Millington and June Millington's studio up in Bolinas in California was there. So when we're sitting in the awards and I'm seeing Fanny be honored, I'm seeing these shots of the studio. It all kind of came back to me because I was younger and met June Millington, but didn't know she was part of Fanny and didn't know how important Fanny was, of course. And when we heard the quote by David Bowie that evening uh, in regards to Fanny, um, yeah, it's they are a very important band in setting uh, the pace and tone for many women bands, I think, to come after that. So that was important. Yeah, later. and there, there, there's a there's a great documentary for people to go and see called "Girl in the Band" uh, from 2015. Um, you can uh, stream it uh, and uh, and get a, a good understanding of uh, you know uh, how important this band was uh, in uh, um, you know to show that women could definitely rock back in the day. Well, and it should be noted, too, that they still can. In fact, they played a, a video si- for their new single that they're right, doing. Or right, that they just yeah. did. And I got to tell you, those women was pretty cool. Yeah. great. Yep. It was super cool. And they sounded incredible. One of the presenters was, we didn't know it would be there, would be, was Shirley Manson of Garbage. And that yeah. was pretty cool She looked cool amazing. Well. Yep. Oh, it's a and giant I, and I And I do think that Ooh. her speech was the highlight. She... Yeah. I, she yeah. was just so poignant and so. Well, you, you can't go wrong with uh, quoting Hunter S. Thompson. Right, of course. And we, I mentioned Melissa Etheridge, who earlier in the evening played over at the Yamaha All Star Stage over at NAM. Um, I believe we that Michael McDonald of the Doobies played, and then Melissa Etheridge came out and played a couple songs as well. And uh, we should say that the the way that She Rocks Awards works is that. They give the award to the honoree, and then uh, essentially we hear a cover version. The honorees themselves didn't play their own music, but uh, so when when uh, when the B-52s or when Exene of X won, 
uh, a younger up up and coming artist would then come out and play one of their songs. That's got to be really uh, uh, mind blowing and uh, nerve wracking at the same time. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, well, that, how about you, Eric? I mean, yeah, you guys tell me. You guys are performers. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, several of them did say, "I can't believe I'm standing here right now, and I'm nervous, but I'm going to do this as best I can." You know, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I felt you, it. I, I thought I thought that all the performers did a really great job, certainly under that pressure. The oh, yeah. one thing that, that I, I'd love to see the next time around is I would have loved to have seen them singing together as a duet or something, you know, where you could still see the original artist and maybe with the, the new artists coming together. I, I would have loved to have seen that. That's I don't know, a great idea. I think that's a fantastic idea. It would be would be nice to have these, you know, and, and you know, to be honest with you, that's something the Grammys have been doing for uh, a decade now. Is of course. you know pairing, a, you know, a classic artist with uh, with a, a younger uh, up and comer or established, uh, you know, fairly new artist, and uh, and there's been some really good fireworks that have come out of that. So uh, definitely something uh, that maybe She Rock should think about. We did get the all-star finale with uh, them singing uh, Respect. Uh, They all came out together at the end. And we did hear kind of an all-star jam, which was very cool. All in all, it was a great event hosted at the House of Blues in Anaheim. It's it doesn't look like it's much from the outside, but it's a giant place wow. inside. I mean, yeah, there was, I think there were three parties going on. Yeah, three different. Yeah, that's actually one of my new favorite places. I've seen a couple shows there, and and it's it's an easy place to park at. There's lots of stuff around there if you want to go and have dinner or something, and then go to the House of Blues. Either way, it's a great it's a great spot. Um, and you know, I loved it. I I thought that the She Rock Awards did a great job. They hosted a great party. And definitely, I, I look forward to going again next year. And uh, well, yeah, perhaps we will nominate you then. And I will that would try be great. We may be there. I'm not Fantastic. part of the Women's Network, to, but I want to, to nominate honor you. Aaron Alden, manager of Aftermaster Studios. Right, right. right. Uh, well, Aaron, it's uh, great again having you with us here uh, for uh, Thanks, another adventure with the with the three of us, uh, the three amigos. Or it's, well, amigos is probably uh, male, right? So amigues. I don't care. I, I'll take it. I like it. <laughs> she wrote. Aaron Alden, everybody. Buenas noches, mi amigos. As Hunter Thompson once so famously quipped, the music business is a cruel and shallow money trench, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There's also a negative side. In 1999, David Bowie told Rolling Stone magazine, One of the most important bands in American rock has been buried without a trace, and that is Fanny. They were one of the finest rock bands of their time in and around 1973. They were extraordinary. They wrote everything. They played like motherfuckers. They were just colossal and wonderful. They're as important as anybody else who's ever been, ever. And it just wasn't their time. So revivify Fanny, and I will feel that my work is done. That's a quote from David Bowie. Okay, so hey, we're we're last day now here. It's been wow, uh, exhausting. Uh, my uh, pedometer is, uh, I think, ready to break. <laughs> I think I've walked about a million miles. Uh, oh, not wow. to mention just the blisters big. on my heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so big. Uh, uh, really, really, I can't. I can't talk enough about that extra two hundred thousand square feet that just kind of opened things up. It made it much more comfortable and able to talk to people and get some business done. So that was that was really good. That was so, important because, as we well know, when we walked in on Saturday, there were a lot of people there. Yeah, the crazies begin to come out on Saturday. I mean, uh, it, 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 to the point of like, uh, I, I think there was there must have been a Comic Con or down the street because I kept seeing all kinds of uh, of uh, of costumes that maybe belong a little bit more over there. No, everyone's there on Saturday to be seen. You know, lots of posers, lots of uh, <laughs> wannabes. Um, you know, so it's yeah. it becomes from there's the, the sexy thing. maid, the sexy cave woman, the sexy whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got it. And <laughs> let me here, here's the problem, folks, with this is that in L.A., that's every day. 
So, <laughs> right, so it's right. like that's you know, if this was uh, you know, Nam was happening again, this was summer Nam or this was some place in the Midwest. I mean, people are just like, this is just another day in LA. That person dresses right, like right. this every day. But I, I, I will say this I had a thought, and that was there was nothing really shocking. Uh, except maybe the guy who was dressed as the predator just because, oh, wow, that, that took some work to do. But, uh, you know, that's the thing in, 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 in music is, you know, there was always this edge that you, you were trying to get to uh, that spoke to uh, the next stage, the future, what have you. And it, it's just so hard to be shocking these days. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, in the, uh, the infamous words of uh, Perry Farrell, Jane's Addiction, <laughs> nothing's shocking. Well, and the one thing on Saturday I noticed right away when walking in is that every booth has some type of celebrity within like one minute of walking in. You know, there's Dweezil Zappa, you know, there's right. uh, Rick Nielsen from Cheetra. The other the first couple of days, there's a lot on, you know, when we're on Thursday, there's a lot less of that, it feels and then as it, you know, things get added. Except you know, for Ernie or, Ball, uh, which w- – except for Ernie Ball, there's always oh, somebody yeah. at the Ernie Ball. Uh, now, uh, I, I have a theory that uh, the, the musicians, um, they, they're forced to go to the Ernie Ball uh, booth uh, at NAM every year and uh, supply at least an hour of their time so they could pick up their uh, annual allotment of strings. Yeah, I'm sure it's in their contract. I mean that's the way a lot of these, <laughs> uh, you know, these sponsorship deals work. Uh, you well – Again, a, a crazy day, another uh, good day. Hey, we had some good conversations. I think we ran into Dave Wish from Little Kids Rock yep. uh, that we had just done a promo for. That was really exciting. Dave hey, was Dave. dressed as Willy Wonka. He was awesome. <laughs> you can't miss him. <laughs> right, right. Uh, actually, uh, just to tell the story, uh, I had been talking to somebody. You had moved on, and I turned around, and, and I had seen – the Willy Wonka out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, "Oh my God, another costume!" Uh, <laughs> and why Willy Wonka? Uh, and then I turn around, and you're talking to him, and you're like motioning me over. I'm like going, "No, I, I don't want to talk to Willy Wonka." <laughs> but uh, luckily, uh, it was uh, it was our good friend Dave Wish, who then it was like, "Oh my God," uh, who we never met. Uh, we just uh, conversed uh, via email, so it was really nice to to meet him. And all of a sudden, the Willy Wonka uh, costume made perfect sense. Well, the, he works with the uh, the Nam Foundation and Little Kids Rock does. So check out littlekidsrock.com. And speaking of the Nam Foundation, you and I got to attend a Nam Foundation event uh, supporting women, and it was a, re- a great band upstairs oh, yeah. in the in the hotel that which yeah. you knew uh, one uh, of the members yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the band was Killer Queens. Uh, they're actually a uh, San Francisco-based tribute band to, obviously, Queen. Uh, and uh, their uh, new guitar player, uh, Juliana Tarter, who plays Brian May, um, I've known for a long, long time. And uh, so it was great. She's a great guitar player. It's a great addition to that band. The band itself was really fantastic. Yeah, a lot uh, of fun. Nina- yeah, Nina Noir, uh, who plays Freddie Mercury, uh, leads the band, and um, I think uh, I think she's got the chops to do it. So uh, if you if you if you get a chance, they're 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 definitely worth seeing as a as a tribute, certainly. Yeah, and uh, we saw a few other musical acts throughout throughout the week, and it's always hard because you know there's a lot going on. People get really tiny slots. You're running in. Rooms are crowded. They're trying to play over noise. They're playing instruments they're not used to. So. You know, to say that you go to Nam for good music is definitely not uh, is not the case in general. I've noticed over the years. I mean, once in a while you find something that's like wow in the right place in the right time. And this year, uh, you and I were in the D'Angelico uh, room, which was is really nice, tiny, oh, uh, soundproof, yeah, thing, evidently, thing of because man, right. we heard a. 14-year-old uh, Brandon Taz Niederauer shred face, shred people's faces off uh, in uh, guitar, and it was pretty awesome. I still think that's the best thing I saw at NAMM. Uh, it was, uh, what, about 40 minutes of, uh, of Taz just um, leading. He's 14, leading this uh, – uh, and the band's pretty – great oh, themselves yeah. so uh everybody in that band rocked uh along uh with at the very end they brought uh brought up um uh leo uh leo N- uh, 
not, yeah, Leo Nascentelli of uh, of the Meters <laughs> to to come and um, uh, and uh, and play a little uh, guitar on. Uh, now, on now when you just song. threw out the word the Meters, folks, you have to understand that this was the funky Meters who, at the end of the fifties, uh, started playing music and uh, became the Meters and. You know, you go back to Ico, Ico. I mean, they're just a traditional oh, yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, so New Orleans. he yeah. must have been, he must be 80 years old. Uh, yeah, uh, certainly getting there. Uh, so, but, but to have this 14 year old and then Leo, I mean, this band, they had to be amazing, like you said, because his energy get him. at 14, yeah. you're going to have to keep up with this kid right now. Right. Right, right, and uh, uh, it, it was funny. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when Leo jumped up on stage. Uh, uh, he definitely took over <laughs> the, the, the whole thing. Taz was like, "Okay, let's go," and the, hey, the guy was like, "Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm not ready." And God damn it, this is my song. It's so. the Leo show, no, definitely. <laughs> these, you know, that's yeah. and again, but it was fun. All in good the fun. and yeah. you know, owning the props. You know, all these decades, paying the respect. And Taz did back off. I don't think he took a lead when Leo was up there. He actually, you know, paid him. You know, all respect to him, which again shows this sign of maturity for someone who's fourteen. And hey, a big props to D'Angelico, man. Uh, not only did they always have some really hot acts playing uh, throughout the day, uh, it was they also did a great job of marketing. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you they always that. say, yeah, you mentioned it, on, on the, when we were walking around. Yeah, the fact that uh, you know impressions are what you know sets your mind, uh, and that's what uh, you know a company should go after. And they had several little uh, displays throughout the uh, the show that kept you thinking D'Angelico, which is isn't that the point, boys and girls? So good job on that. Yeah, if you can afford it, go for it. That for sure. I, I think Gib- <laughs> Gibson did that last year in a few places. We saw the the Thrones chair. I, mean, I remember seeing Gibson around a bit last year. Obviously not here hey, this year. We also got to see uh, Lawrence Juber, who yes, we interviewed uh, last Juber, year. Yes. Lawrence was great, uh, and uh, we got to talk to him for a little bit. That was fantastic. Lawrence is uh, an amazing acoustic guitar player and uh, was up there uh, for uh, for a little bit uh, doing his thing. And then also we uh, kind of walked in on Jeff Berlin giving uh, lessons. Uh, and those of you who don't know Jeff Berlin, Jeff Berlin is an amazing uh, bass player, uh, mostly a studio guy. Um, but I have a personal story uh, with Jeff Berlin in that in 1989, uh, I had tickets to go and see uh, Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, and Howe. So what the remnants of yes. So it was everybody but Chris Squire. Now, on that tour was Tony Levin, who, again, we interviewed last year uh, and actually got to see uh, for a few minutes uh, at NAMM as well. Uh, and uh, in San Diego, uh, uh, Tony had uh, gotten ill and uh, was unable to play uh, the night the night after. So two nights later at the Greek theater in Los Angeles, which is where my tickets were for. And we weren't sure what was going to happen. And we'd heard that there was some problem. And lo and behold, uh, everything was good because this guy, Jeff Berlin, was going to step in. And so I watched Jeff Berlin stand up there with charts and play yes music for three hours after what one day of rehearsal. Pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then to see him sit there and to be the way he was teaching and uh, displaying, he's very you know relatable and was looked. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I was learning stuff right there watching. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Now, most important uh, of uh, of Saturday, of course, was we were invited to the Tech Awards, which was going to honor Jackson Brown and the section on the the famous side of things, along with uh, the awards themselves. Yeah, the Tech Awards, um, you know, uh, Jackson Brown was up for the Les Paul Innovator Award they give to the the big name artist every year. Uh, you know, Jackson's claim to fame was, I guess, recording uh, live live tracks. Uh, yeah, running on empty is, uh, is yeah. So, much so you about. mentioned the sec. Yeah. Now, the section are basically the backing band of the early '70s sound. And when I say that, you have basically t- Danny Korchmore, Craig Dorge, uh, Leland Sklar, and Russ Kunkel. The four of them were the sound behind, you know, uh, Linda Ronstadt, Warren Zevon, Crosby and Nash, Jackson Brown, James uh, Taylor. I mean, it Johnny goes Mitchell. on and on. If I were to say uh, yeah. songs like Werewolves of London, You've Got a yep. Friend, Doctor My Eyes. I mean, that's them. Yeah. That is. Yeah. The, they, they were kind of like the L.A. studio 
cats in between the 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 wrecking crew, uh, which kind of ruled the '60s, and uh, and then the guys who you know came out of Toto, uh, came out and became Toto uh, in the later '70s. Uh, they were kind of in the yeah, and in fact, uh, 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 you know, speaking of Toto, the 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 man who inducted uh, the section was uh, Steve Lukather, uh, who you know learned his chops from uh, the guys in uh, in the section. Yeah, a couple other members of the section you might know are Wadi Wachtel, a guitarist, and uh, David Lindley. Yeah. Now, neither of them were there, but they played an important part, again, in a lot of that sound as well. So we had uh, them being inducted, Jackson Brown as well. There was kind of separate inductions, but it all culminated in them coming together. We got to see some great video, uh, and then they performed a couple songs, including uh, Running on Empty, which uh, are, I've been seeing around on, around on Facebook now as a big moment where they all kind of came back together and played. Who knows if that'll ever happen again? And you and right, I got to see right, Jack. Right. This is our say. Here's a little, something a little weird. Yeah, for two years at <laughs> Nam years. Running, we've seen Jackson Brown play now. <laughs> That's right. Although we had to go find him the first time uh, in L.A. at uh, the anti-inaugural ball, uh, which wasn't really a part of NAM. Um, but, yeah, Jackson opened that show. And uh, and now this year uh, we got to see him uh, uh, receive the Les Paul Innovation Award. So uh, good on Jackson. Uh, and then all the winners. Uh, in fact, uh, we were at the table with all the winners. That's uh, right. There was, was like all of a sudden, us. boom. We were uh, fist bumping pretty crazy. as they came yeah. back with their uh, their award yeah 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 so uh including a a, a piece of gear uh, the the new line six uh foot pedal that uh i have my eye on ah, so. i see and so before we uh we wrap up our nam special episode here of deeper digs rock christian i want to uh, apologize to all the listeners for my voice going in and out and being scratchy as uh i'm a lifelong philadelphia you've been eagles fan eagles and we won the super world, bowl and right. i was there screaming my head off for a couple of days so thank you folks for bearing with uh with me and my throat actually uh, this, you went to all three all three playoff games yeah. right yeah i went to the nfc champ yeah yes i went to philadelphia <laughs> nfc championship but the super bowl but I just had to get the Philadelphia Eagles. They are Super Bowl champions somewhere on one of our podcasts recorded in eternity. So thank you for the opportunity. Jim, so <laughs> All right. So final thoughts on NAM 2018. Wow. Um, well, it was really well done. We're well put together. Uh, props to the uh, the whole NAM team from top to bottom. You know, I said we, we came up with some great points from Jack and some of the things we would have done better. I'd like to see a bigger media preview day, more opportunities for one-on-ones there. But looking forward to doing next year. What do you think of NAM? Again, I, I think that adding that 200,000 square feet uh, just made it so much better. There's just getting to be too many people, uh, you know, and they were expecting another uh, uh, 8 to 10 percent add this year. So, you know, having that uh, just made it a very um, – Civilized, uh, you know, we, we we could we could continue to talk to people and um, and be heard and have a conversation, and it allowed people to spread out a little bit. I also like that they split up the uh, various instruments uh, together. That made a little bit more sense. So I think that that was going. I know Jack mentioned that they could do more of that, and they probably will. Obviously, uh, there was plenty to do there. Uh, it's very nice to have both the Hilton and the Marriott across from each other. They're right in front of uh, the Anaheim Convention Center. Uh, there's always a party going on somewhere. Uh, there's plenty to do. There's music uh, that is constantly uh, around. Um, you can find anything you want. So if you get a chance, listeners, diggers, uh, find a way to, uh, to get to NAM in 2019 because I guarantee you'll have a good time. All right, Christian. So with that, let's hear the epic performance with Jackson Brown and the section doing Running on Empty. And we'll see you at NAM 2019. Well, that was a time and a half, especially if you're counting in quarter notes. Okay, okay. 
lots of fun, lots of interesting times. We also got to see a little of history actually being made. We really hope you enjoyed getting a peek at what happens at the largest professional conference in the world that is dedicated to music. If you are interested in going to NAMM 2019, talk to your local musical instrument retailer. They get to invite several guests each year. Our thanks go out to Shalice Zoletzi and Jean O'Keefe of NAM, Melissa Dragic Cordero of Mad Inc. PR for the She Rocks hookup, and Dan Wiseman, Director of Marketing and Brand Activation at the Avidus Zildjian Company. Hey, diggers, thanks for stopping by and come back real soon. And please tell a friend. I'm Christian Swain, and this has been Deeper Digs in Rock, a production of Rock and Roll Archaeology. Thanks again for listening. Now keep up the rockin'. Diggers, Christian Swain here with a short pause for a great cause. We believe music education for young people is an investment in a better future for all of us. If you listen to our podcasts, chances are you agree. Little Kids Rock has transformed the lives of more than 650,000 public school students by bringing music education into their schools. Little Kids Rock trains teachers in underfunded schools to teach kids the music they love. From the Beatles to Bruno Mars, Led Zeppelin to Lady Gaga, Chuck Berry to Chance the Rapper. Little Kids Rock has become a national movement to restore, expand, and innovate music education in public schools across America. Visit littlekidsrock.org and learn more about how you can help put music where it belongs, in our schools. Thank you, and let's keep up the rockin' right into the next generation. Deeper Digs in Rocks, produced and hosted by Christian Swain. All sound design and incidental music by Busy Signal Studios. All quotes performed by actors unless noted. Playlists can be found at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please purchase these great and important tracks. All songs, clips, and references can be found on our show notes. Please visit rnrap.com for more information.